This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. It's us two today, and we're talking Georgia Clemson. We're doing mailbag. And, Rusty, let's jump right into it. And I got one simple question for you. Where are you leaning on Wednesday? It's middle of the week. Where are you leaning? Oh, I'm still leaning where I have for probably eight months, whichever offensive line plays the best, whichever whichever offensive line handles – uh, these two elite defensive lines, these two elite front sevens, uh, enables our quarterback to have time to just have that one split second longer where they can throw that ball, stretch it down the field, you know, hit that check down in a rub route, something like that. I went back and watched Notre Dame Clemson last night. And a uh, couple things I think that, you know, probably Georgia saw Clemson, Notre Dame kind of hurt them with with some backs out of the backfield and those types of things. I sewed on their linebackers uh, at, at times. So, you know, I picked George on August the 1st going into tomorrow. You know, if you're asking me where I'm leaning, I'm still, uh, I'm still thinking that pick, but you know, I, I, it's a razor sharp. It's a razor thin. I'll, I'll go back tonight, put together my last set of notes and, and see where I'm at. But if you ask me on Wednesday game week, I, I, I'm still leaning a little bit towards Georgia in this game, and but I, I'm you know this is a game early in the year, Jake. I've seen it in high school already. Special teams, special teams, special teams. A block punt, a bad snap, an extra point, something like this that could be the difference in a major, major game early on. Yeah, I had the same thought about special teams, and and I'll even go as far as to say a kick return to the fifty. You yeah. know, the, I think that's. Those are huge. A thirty-yard punt return, or or a or a corner kick that that you know down somebody at the four and keeps them from kind of running their offense. Those types of things are massive in a game like this. I've had a little bit of a change in how I think about it, and my number my that change has been in the score. I I have I, you know over the past few weeks I've kind of saw this game as a thirty-something to thirty-something type game, like a thirty-seven, thirty-four, mm. or a thirty-eight, That's thirty-five. Right. I don't know if I see no, that. No, me neither. The more I look at it, the more I, I see a 20-something game. Sure. I don't think either offense, you know, it's early in the season. Um, you know, I, listen, at a far less interesting level, I've coached a little football, and I know how tough it is to get your offense to click and to create big plays and to, and to execute well. Defenses just seem to be more sound at this point in the year. They got more juice. And uh, and so I think it's a twenty something to twenty something game. I'm going to shave ten points off of uh, off of the way I was kind of looking at it. Yeah. Um, but I, I like Georgia. I do like Georgia in this game as of today. And and listen, I, I I could change on it. It's something I haven't changed on much over the past few weeks. But I'm like you. It's it's that razor thin margin that has kind of you know made me 
you know, hesitate on on picking picking this game, picking the season. Uh, but but I, I do like Georgia, and the reason I like Georgia, Rusty, is you know you talked about it. You, you've talked about the offensive line play. When I look at that, and and I start asking myself questions. All right, and and you know, sneak up on me at the right time of day. You think I'm crazy because I talk to myself all the time, like out loud, talk to myself, right? So when I ask myself questions about this game, I think, all right, Georgia's offensive line versus Clemson's defensive line. What are the chances, you know, that Georgia can can win or or stalemate that battle? I think those chances are greater. And listen, we're all playing we're all playing blackjack here, right? We're yeah, all playing yeah. kind of some odds and whatever of of kind of you know we're all creating them whether they're quantitative or qualitative we're we're creating them in our head. I think Georgia's got a better chance of winning the battle up front on offense than Clemson does. And and that's not to say Clemson doesn't have some good offensive line and they do, but I just like Georgia's matchup there because I think Georgia is I think Georgia can be more disruptive. It wouldn't surprise me, Rusty, if we look back at this game, let's say let's say Sunday morning Georgia has won this game. All right. Let's imagine Georgia wins 28 27 and I look like a genius all of a sudden for you know changing something you do too well it wouldn't surprise me if Georgia had zero sacks but we're talking about how Georgia's defensive line gave DJ Uyunglele trouble all game long yeah you know I mean that's you know that's the way I look at it is if Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and, and Trayvon Walker just harassed him all night long and got off the field on third down, and Georgia won the game. And that's kind of how I look at it, and, and I just think that's kind of the key. And listen, Clemson, it wouldn't surprise me if Clemson sacked JT Daniels four times, but Georgia won the game because Georgia was a, had a better chance to run the football and, and that they maybe you know were, were a little better in some situations because they were able to run the football. I just don't see Clemson being able to run the football. And to me, when you can eliminate – not eliminate, but you can when you can – Minimize. Be confident in in eliminating something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that to me that that's a big deal in this game. Yep. I, it, listen, these these two front fours. Um, I think Georgia's front seven's deeper. I would take Georgia's linebackers over Clemson's linebackers, um, and that's that's no slight to Clemson's linebackers. I just I think Georgia's more athletic there, uh, bigger, faster, stronger type guys. Uh, but you know, don't make no mistake about it. Those Clemson guys will strike you, and they played a lot of big games. I just think that the front seven of Georgia is a little bit better. I like Clemson's wide receivers a little bit better than Georgia's wide receivers. Um, you know, it's it's man, it's just two really. I think there's a lot of parallels here. You know, California quarterbacks. Uh, you know, talented quarterbacks, talented defensive lines. Uh, talented, you know, all across the board. I think where Clemson's questions are are kind of Georgia's questions. So again, I think it comes down to a a mistake here, here, or there. You know, who has a tip ball and maybe steals steals some points. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I, I really don't. I mean, I don't think it's going to be high scoring. People, you know, I've seen people use that 37-34 type deal. Uh, it's just it's not happening unless something really, really goes crazy, in my opinion. But Early on, you know, today we got I got 24 hours to look at it. I'm actually behind me right now. I'm actually watching the Georgia, uh, the the uh, Ohio State uh, Clemson game right now, going over some things and trying to see how they attack Clemson as well. Um, just looking at Clemson defensively, you know, that's the back end. Um, so just trying to look at some of those things. But uh, one thing I'll tell you, 
the entire country is going to watch this football game. And that's that's a win-win for Georgia and Clemson. The entire country is going to have all eyes on this game in prime time. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I think I would probably agree. With you. I, I think this game comes down, you know, you talked about the parallels. To, to throw another uh, geometry term in there, I, I, I think about it in terms of the perpendiculars, like where the strengths meet the weaknesses. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you look at Georgia, um, you know, one of the unknowns there is how the offense, like you said, how the offensive line is going to play. Well, Clemson's defensive line is really strong. Clemson's unknown on offense is the offensive line. Georgia's defensive line is very strong. And I think, you know, again, that to me is where it, where it's going to be decided. And, and I think you agree with that, too. Yep. Uh, let's uh, let's jump into this mailbag and get a few of these mailbag questions in before we take a break. Uh, uh, and we're going to start with Big Thunder 25. He's been around a while. I remember yes, I've seen that yes. name around for a while. Oh, wow. uh, what's the key matchup you're watching outside of the trenches and JT Daniels? What's that key to the game? That's a tough one because I all I really want to talk about is the trenches in this yeah, game yeah. because I, everything else comes down to like an inch. Like, does a DB get a fingertip on a ball? Yeah, that's or, or that's something to, like that. That's to me. I mean, you look at Georgia's secondary versus Clemson's wide receivers, and I think Clemson's wide receivers have an advantage over Georgia. I really do, especially with the injuries. Uh, I mean, these are guys. These are these are Clemson's got some freaks now out there, I and mean, these are big dudes. And you know, go in, you know, Justin Ross as well, and where he is, maybe he's not, maybe he is playing. Uh, you know, you throw in all those guys, and certainly Georgia has very talented football players, very highly recruited football players. Um, you know, they they got a new secondary. Let's not beat around the bush. So, I'm watching. Can Georgia can Georgia uh, make plays? And we talk about ball skills and those types of things. And you, you know, it's it's about being in tight coverage. But can you put that hand in there to knock that ball out late? Things like that. You know, people. You know, you see tight coverage all the time and somebody makes a play. I know I talk about it all the time, but that ball that, you know, that Mac that Mac Jones threw on Eric Stokes in the back of the end zone was probably the best throw that I've seen in a long, long time because Eric Stokes is hanging all over Devontae Smith. But he threw it perfectly in tight coverage. Stokes couldn't get a hand up, and they gave up six on that play. So little things like that go a long way in a game like this. Can you Can you finish that play? Because Georgia athletically is not – they're not a mismatch with Clemson. Let me make that clear. It's not a mismatch. But experience-wise, it's a lot of guys that are stepping on the field for the first time in a situation that's the first time this group has played together under the lights. You take Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell, Richard LeCount, Lewis Seen, uh, all those guys, Mark Webb, all those guys have played together. They know exactly what to do. They're very comfortable with each other. This is almost an entirely new secondary group of guys trying to jail immediately to face an elite offense like Clemson. Yeah, and, and the the ball thing, the the 50-50 ball thing is that's one of those things you just can't call. Yeah. You you can't. You can't you can't you don't know whether Georgia's going to win more of those, you don't know whether Clemson's going to win more of those because at the end of the day, you can have a a guy who is phenomenal at playing the football in the air but it's it's a centimeter it's a half a centimeter as to if a guy it's a it's a quarter of a second can you get a hand in there can you do something like that and that's that's why i think you know as i was listening to you talk i think i kind of go towards both teams linebackers against both teams running backs in the passing game sure because i think some chunk plays are available there both yep. ways because yep. 
you know, I do think Georgia's linebackers are more athletic, but I also know Will Shipley's the truth. There's okay. No like I know he is a he is a a a very twitchy, fast kid who I think they're gonna try to use to do some of the things that Florida did to Georgia mm-hmm. last year. Now yeah. I, I'll say this about that. I don't think Georgia's linebackers were as much overmatched athletically in that game as Georgia just kind of got out coached. I think yeah. Dan Mullen created some problems for Georgia with reads and confused those linebackers a little bit. That they that that, that Florida did a better job of winning the chess match. Yeah. I think Georgia can can is a little bit better prepared to do that. But which which coaching staff is going to find that mismatch and exploit it consistently? You can throw the tight ends in there as well. Which one's going to find that mismatch and exploit it? That's the matchup I'm really looking for because you're when you start talking about running backs. Yeah, you got third downs and things like that, but a lot of times teams will leave a running back in to 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 deal with a guy on third down, or there'll be six six or seven defensive backs and one can cover a running back on third down. It's a little tougher to win that matchup. You're in your base offense and they're in their base defense, whether it's base nickel or base, you know, whatever three four four three. That's when your mismatches happen in the run game. So you're talking about some potential big plays on first and second down. Uh, to start drives to 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 pick up a second nine or whatever, mm. that's where the the running back versus linebacker matchup comes on. I think the team that does a really good job with that is going to have a lot of success. Mm-hmm. I agree. Let's move. Let's move to that next question. Hube ten eighty six. He says, "What's the first play?" Listen, I'm not going to cop out here, Rusty. It could. It's going to be run or pass. And what yeah. I and, and and what I mean by that is. They're gonna. Georgia's gonna run Clemson. Georgia's gonna run its offense out there. Look at Clemson's defense and decide whether uh, to run or pass. Yeah, Clemson's gonna decide whether it's run or pass. If I if I'm coaching in this game, and I know it sounds vanilla, there's gonna be so much energy and so much going on. You want to try to get your team back even kill because. It's going to be so much hype, so much energy going on right there. I mean, that's a play unless Clemson's got freaking nine in the box. If you're Georgia, you just kind of hand it off, get your guys a little bit of flow and see what happens. See, that's where you're you're talking about they want to talk to the box. What what was Clemson lined up right there? And, you know, what was the personnel? Was was so-and-so in? Was he not on the field? That type of thing. So, you know, I'm not trying to be vanilla with that question, but that's a that's a play you most likely see a handoff, see how Clemson – lines up against you. And I don't know if it's going to be a Mississippi State 2017 when you run a flea flicker. Who knows? Uh, but but I think right now you look at that game and, and you say that, uh, you know, you just kind of get into the flow, uh, calm your kids down a little bit, and let's get ready to play this long game. I'll tell you what I'd do, 100%. I would run some sort of screen and go because <laughs> it feels like every single team in the country starts a game now with some yeah. sort of throw out to the edge, yeah. some Jumping. easy pass, get your quarterback in a rhythm, whatever. I'd yeah. screen and go or bust. I'd, yeah. I'd yeah. two running backs, one tight end, you yeah. know, whatever see sprint they, James Cook out, fake it to him and, and just air it out. Throw it out see of bounds if it ain't there. See if they jump the route. Yep. Yeah. See if they see yep. if they jump on it. You know, see yep. if you can get them to get a little antsy there. But you know, the more you know, I was I, I can't remember. It was probably back in June. I, I started going back and watching Clemson games. I watched some Georgia games. And then, you know, as you get through watching those games at a glance or whatever, those 45-minute, you know, things, it'll throw to another one. And I ended up watching the first play of several other games that weren't even Georgia or Clemson game. And I swear about 60 to 70% of them began with a quick throw out to the flat uh, of some sort of bubble screen with a running back or a receiver. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. screen and go, man. 
Go yeah. after. Yeah, I'm. I agree. Which matchup does Georgia need to win to have a great shot to win this game? They got a number one matchup. They've got to win if they want to win this game, or they've at least got to stalemate it. Is that offensive line against Clemson's defensive line? I think Georgia has got to get a relative win in that regard because I think against the defensive line that talented, locking horns and and you know taking make, making the judges put it on the card is a win for Georgia in that situation. Uh, that's the number one for me. Turnovers for me. I mean, you don't want to give up a short field, man. You, in a game like this, uh, we all feel is going to be razor thin. You don't want to give up a, you know, you don't want to give up a, a, a drop punt inside the ten, and you give Clemson an easy seven. Um, you, you don't overcome things like that, and you don't want to uh, have a, a bad snap or something like that. You know, uh, uh, I just think early on, uh, it's always been a deal for me. Uh, I've, I've seen it for the first two weeks in high school football in Georgia. Uh, sloppy play, turnovers, offense usually there. And it's that it's that one turnover you see uh, that 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 changes the flow of the game, momentum of the game. So I think Georgia has to win the turnover battle. Yeah, that's a good one. I, mm-hmm. I think so. But at least at least get it even. You yep, know, again, yep, at least yep. get it even. You don't want to, you know, fall behind. And nope. obviously it's, you know, we talked about – I talked about that blackjack thing a little bit ago. It's yep. like throwing a card down. You know, the the even, you're even. Lose one, chances go down two, three. That's that's the way it goes. Uh, Rusty, I got a quick one for you, though. Uh, and, and it just kind of reminded me hearing you talk about that. You know that old saying like, okay, ask yourself which team has a better chance of blowing the other team out. That's the team you're that's gonna, you know, that's the team you need to pick. Yeah. Man, I had somebody ask me that question earlier this week, and I was like, I don't know how to answer that because I think so both of neither one of these teams are established and dominant where they need to be to that's feel right. confident that either team can blow each other out, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't know how to, I wouldn't know how to answer that because I think each team matches strength for strength with a weakness for weakness. It's been I think that's why everybody narrows it down to which offensive line, because uh, you got all these players. But you know, there's there's questions on offensive lines, and can they handle these two, uh, you know, these two fronts? So I I would not even know where to begin on that question. That's a, that's a yeah. good one. That's a good. I had to kind of counter. My I had to <laughs> I, I had to kind of counter with, uh, you know, which team's more likely to run for two hundred yards? You know, sure. and I mean, I sure. think that's probably Georgia. You know, so it's. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was. I'll tell, that was I'll tell you this too. I'll tell you this. Um, somebody that's not getting talked about a ton, and I guarantee you this. Uh, I, I think he starts, and I think he's going to play a ton for Clemson's Kobe Pryor, out of Cedartown. Um, you know, this is a guy that 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 I've talked to a couple of NFL scouts and went to Clemson's practice, and they're like, the guy that that they, they're that bowling ball they got back there, and you know he. He works out with Nick Chubb too in, in the summer, you know, in spring in Cedar Town when he's home. So uh, this is a kid that I'm, I'll be straight with you. This, he was he he wanted to play at Georgia. His lifelong dream was to play at Georgia. Didn't work out. He goes to Clemson. So don't think for one minute that a 215 pound running back is not going to run his tail off against Georgia uh, Saturday night. So I don't I don't think Kobe. I know I know Will Shipley is the deal. Uh, but 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 Kobe Pryor started. He'll be in the backfield uh, if he doesn't play the first play. He'll be in that first series. He's a guy that uh, that, that kind of you know he's he's a guy not getting written about. George is going to deal with it with a hammer. You know they're 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 kind of they're kind of Zamir White type back. So 
we'll see how that goes. But Clemson running game wise is not people aren't talking about it as much. Uh, but Will Shipley is no question a complete running back. But you want to talk about a hammer, Kobe Pryor? Man, he he is a put together dude. All right, let's get one more in here real quick, Rusty. And this is from the same guy who asked the previous question, QDog22. Mm-hmm. Who will be JT's go-to guy on Saturday? And then he goes on a note against Mississippi State. It was Burton, Missouri. It was Pickens. Spring game, it was A.D. Mitchell. He seems to have a new guy to go to each game. I don't think it's going to be a new guy. I think it's going to be Jermaine Burton. I just I, I think yeah. Jermaine Burton's Georgia's best receiver, and, and he's going to go to him. Yeah, I think so, too. Polished route runner explosive in and out of his breaks, great hands, can make contested plays. He's got strong hands. You see him catch a lot of balls in front of him. I've watched I've watched him work out since he was a ninth grader at Hateville Charter, and he's got a tremendous strong hands. He works out with Terrence Edwards and that group in Atlanta tight end uh, academy. And, uh, you know, I've known Jermaine since a ninth grader, and the thing that impresses me, like, he's explosive. He's big. People, he's bigger than people think, but – uh, he's got he's got top end speed. I, I we can go on the next question because I 100% agree right there. Jermaine Burton's gonna be a guy that's gonna get a ton of looks from JT Daniels. There you have it, folks. It's gonna be somebody else. Absolutely, no, no doubt question. Bet the house on Lad McConkey. <laughs> bet, bet the house on Brock Bowers. <laughs> Ad Mitchell. It's gonna be somebody else now that we've said that. Yeah. All right, let's jump into a break here real quick, and we're gonna get the rest of those mailbag questions on the other side. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. King George is checking in right here on the second side of the show uh, with with his question, who has the better game versus Clemson and who has the better season, Zamir White or James Cook? I think I'm going to pick the same guy here, and I'm going to say Zamir White. I I heard some good things about him coming out of preseason. Listen, I think James Cook is going to be a factor in every single Georgia game as long as he's healthy this year. I'm talking about a 20, you know, 15, 20-plus yard play just about in every game. But I just think Zamir White, I, you know, I look at the total package, Rusty. I look at the big picture here. And Zamir White is a, is a like, he is a, he's the type of guy that as a run blocker can get in a defense's head. Not a, not a run blocker, but a pass protector can just get into a defensive, defense's head. Linebackers don't want to take this guy on. He's yeah. very physical. He's very he's very uh, sound in that area. So I think he helps Georgia there. I think he's going to do more in the passing game this year. He's slimmed down a little bit. He's a little bit more explosive. I like Zamir White in both areas. I think Zamir White's going to get a lot more opportunities. And I'm not taking anything away from James Cook. But if you're going to go for numbers and touches and odds, 
Zamira White's going to get more touches than James Cook. He's going to have more plays than James Cook, um, total snaps, should I say. So I would go with, with Zamir White there as well. And, you know, listen, I've made no bones about it. Probably the most talented tape I've ever seen in high school until he's had these injuries. So you root for a young man like this. He seems to be coming in the right direction, very positive direction. Jake, you hear some things too. So I think uh, when you look at this, um, you know, just a simple question, I would go Zamir White because of the odds of more snaps. So that creates more opportunities. All right, let's move on to uh, Jacob Carnes, guy using his actual name. We, hey, Jacob, Jacob, man, we, we have to do that too. We have yeah. to do that too. So uh, we, we appreciate you doing that, even though it doesn't really matter to us. It does, we, we love all you guys anyway. Uh, listen, Rusty, he, he kind of comes with some stats here, and mm-hmm. there's good ones. Um, he talks about how he believes the winner of this game will be the team that runs the ball the best and points out how Clemson has gotten outrushed by an average of – 209 yards to 79 yards in their last three losses. It's really good analysis there. Yep. But he goes on to ask, what's our X factor? What's our biggest X factor for this game? I don't know that I would consider the run game an X factor because you're talking about, you know, ideally 50% of what Georgia's offense is going to be. Maybe, you know, if even if Georgia goes pass heavy, you're talking probably at at very least 45% of what Georgia's offense would be. So I don't necessarily see that as an X factor. I think X factor goes down to the return game for Georgia. Yeah. Uh, if, if Georgia can – if Kenny McIntosh is the same Kenny McIntosh in the kickoff return game that he was before getting hurt against Alabama last year, mm-hmm. I think that could be massive for Georgia in this game. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely, from what I understand, returning kicks. I think Lab McConkey and uh, Kenny McIntosh are going to be heavily in those punt returns, kick returns, those type of things. Um, I think the X factor is Brock Bowers. Now, getting Fitzpatrick back is massive, and that's huge. And we talked about that on our last podcast, but that uh, you know that I think that's a uh, that's a big deal. But Brock Bowers brings a little bit different element than Fitzpatrick does, as far as athletically. There's a guy that can run. You go back and look at the Notre Dame game. Um, Tommy Trimble, uh, you know, had some big chunks there. Uh, can Brock Bowers give those chunk plays when he comes in? Um, you know, because we've all heard things about how physical he is. How, how he's had a really good, uh, he's had a really good August. But athletically, here's a guy that can run and he's big, and it's a problem. Uh, you know, if, if if he gets those check downs and get in space where he can create big chunk plays for Georgia. So I think the X factor is Brock Bowers and what he brings initially as a true freshman into this game. That's a good one, Rusty. That, that's actually a really good one. And, and I think, you know, Georgia's ability to find ways to use him. You could be talking about a guy who, you know, if if Clemson needs to get to halftime to make some adjustments, this is a guy that might might – Move the chains for Georgia two, three, four times in the first That's half. Right. That's right. You know, and and, yeah. and those could be huge. And those kind of plays pay dividends, ripple effect, not just moving the football and scoring points, but keeping the offense off the field, the defense fresh, all of that stuff. I mean, that's mm. those are kind of things that can kind of have like a, a, a cumulative effect as the game goes on. Fowler Straight Dog with the eight in there, STR eight. Mm. Uh, who has the better? stat line at the end of this game, JT Daniels or DJ Uyunglele? I'm going with DJ. I'm going with DJ. I think Clemson's sure. probably going to throw it more. Yeah. Um, And I think Clemson is probably going to lean on the pass more. I think DJ is going to have more 
not uh, more of those quick throws. You know, like I talked about the first play of the game, I think they're going to do a lot of that to make Georgia tackle. I think completion percentage is going to be up there. He's probably going to hit a couple explosives, and he's going to throw the ball more. So I'll say D- DJ Uyunglele. I would agree. I would agree. And really, at the end of the day, it's not going to be a – you know, I hate to go coach speak, but it's it's about who wins this game. You know what I mean? And DJ probably, if you're having to bet Vegas odds, I would take DJ over JT stat-wise for sure. All right. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Rouse dog, R-A-L-Z-Z-Z dog 10. What will be the running back – what will the running back rotation look like? How would you split carries reps between the top four? You know, I, as far as as far as carries go, I mean, I think Zamir White is probably going to be, you know, the number one guy. I'd say Kendall Milton, number two, yeah. um, in, in terms of the number of carries they get. In terms of touches, you know, I, I would probably still have that because I just – I don't know. It, it's tough to get a running back six, seven catches. Um, but I would say Zamir White, Kendall Milton – James Cook and Kenny McIntosh, because I think Kenny McIntosh is doing other things for you, uh, like kickoff return and and maybe even some third down work uh, as as a pa- as a pass catching option. Um, as far as splitting the reps, I think it comes down Rusty to just the matchup every every single week. Like who do you want to pound it down teams' throats? Well, you've got number two and number three, Zamir White and 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 well, Kendall Milton's number two, but. Zamir White and Kendall Milton being the guys. And if you want to try to spread teams out, run the perimeter, throw the ball on them with the running backs, then you're probably going to want to lean to the strengths of the other two. It's momentum. You know, who 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 brings that juice during the game? You know, like you don't really know until you get into the flow of the game. I mean, you know, it might be a thing right now. We're looking to get Zamir White 15 touches, and all of a sudden Kendall Milton comes in. And his first three carries, man, he's got different gear, different bounce, broke some tackles, and he's created some problems. The next thing you know – uh, you know, Kendall Milton ends up with 12 or 13 carries, or Kenny McIntosh gets seven touches when you probably thought he'd get one or two. So, you know, a game like this, it's about opportunities and how you how you progress during the game. But I think, I think uh, you know, one, they call it getting them lathered up. Once you get these guys lathered up and get a feel for uh, who's kind of who's making plays right now, I think that's how you adjust the rotation because uh, all four. Uh, those guys are capable of playing a lot of snaps depending on how it goes during the game. I skipped over this a second ago, but Fowler Straight Dog, I need to give that guy a shout-out. He is responsible for our podcast music intro and outro. He provided that for us, so I wanted to give him a little bit of a shout-out. Really talented dude who does a good job uh, creating music for us. So I, I, I let that slip my mind in real time. We got two more questions to get to. It'll be a full 10. We got Buck underscore Wild. Buck Wild. I I've been I got Buck Wild a couple times, like 18, 19, 20 years old, 37, 38, whatever. Uh, who are some names to watch by the end of the year that are not getting much press right now? It's a good question. I like that question a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Rusty, I'm going you first, man. I need some time to think. By the end of the year, I think yeah. Roger Jones and Amarius Mims. I think two guys that you probably won't hear a ton about this weekend. You know, Broderick, I, I anticipate Broderick playing, but I think, you know, you look at Jordan Davis and who he is, it took him about game eight before he kind of took minutes away from, you know, experienced players. And he was just he was just too big, too strong of a guy to keep out of the lineup. But it takes a while now, uh, you know, to, to play in those trenches. But as you get through the season, you start looking at guys and big bodies and big athletic guys. I think that, uh, that, that, that Broderick Jones and Marius Mims are two guys that, 
are certainly going to be worthy of some press, and I think they're going to play a lot of meaningful minutes as these games get very – as they get more important, which is crazy to say, uh, the later it gets in the year, I think both of those guys are going to be playing a lot of big-time football for Georgia. I'm going to go with, with, with some younger players too, Rusty, but I'm going to say I got a feeling one of these linebackers, one of these young linebackers is going sure. to be a factor by the end of the season. Like the, sure. the, the Adam Anderson-Channing Tyndall deal that happened, you know, in 2018. Yep. And Blitz packing, something like that. Right, yeah. Third down, Xavier Sori, Smile Munden, Jamon Dumas-Johnson. Those are, those are the three guys I'm really looking at. I think those guys have a chance to earn a role at some point during this year, that that they pretty much put themselves in a situation that at some point we hear Kirby Smart say, we got to figure out a way to get this guy on the field. We think he's yeah. one of our better defensive players. We got to find him a role. Yeah. And I think that's one of them. I, I wanted to say Kamari Lasseter as well, but I think Kamari Lasseter is a guy that's gotten quite a bit of pub this preseason. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would I would, you know, lean towards those uh, three linebackers. Mm-hmm. All right, Rusty. This is a fascinating question for me, and I and I hope that every I hope everybody's as proud of my answer as I feel like I'm going to be proud of my answer because I've I've really thought about this one. C. Clawson seventy one says bigger mm. advantage having Darian Kendrick on Georgia's team or Clemson knowing Kendrick the way they do. Now, Rusty, here here's my scenario here. I think I think Darian Kendrick has already had an impact on this game because mm. I think that Darian Kendrick. Knows Clemson's calls. He knows Clemson's signs. He knows those types of things. Yep. Clemson's had to figure out a way to to change, change a few it. things. Sure, you know. Yeah. And I don't. Do I think yes, Georgia's going to win this game because of that? Not at all. They've had a full spring and preseason camp without Darian Kendrick yeah. to know, you know, to get that figured out. But they had to spend time on doing it. Yeah. I don't know that Clemson knowing Kendrick is going to play out in this game because he's playing in a different scheme and he's doing some different things. Maybe they try to attack him, but that's all going to come down to an execution thing. Um, I I think that Georgia having Kendrick, if there is an advantage at all, and I don't really even think there really will be one, if you gave me that option, I would choose C, none of the above. But if there is one, I think Georgia might have a slight advantage by having Kendrick. That's a very good question, C. Carlson, and I, I, that's probably the best question we've had so far on a podcast. That's a very, very good question. Here, Here's my thoughts on that. I think the advantage there would be a slight lean to Georgia, and here's why. It's not so much Darian Kendrick as a player. Darian Kendrick knows that personnel on Clemson. He knows in the film room that, hey – our left defensive end had problems against Notre Dame. He couldn't get lined up here. They kept coming at him here. He knows that a certain backer maybe can't run as good as he plays, and we had to cover up for him with different things. Uh, we He knows that one safety keeps his eyes in the backfield too much on a play action, and we got burned a couple times. It should have been touchdowns. Uh, I know that the left guard, uh, is not very strong. You know, we kind of cover – they cover him up by helping double team. You know, there's little games within the game, and you'd be crazy to think that Georgia staff hasn't sat down with Darren Kendrick and went over personnel. Uh, I'm, the, the the stealing signs and all that stuff is is zero. Everything's been changed for that. There's no question. Um, he certainly probably knows Venable's tendencies, but you see that on tape. I mean, that's just something that 
you know, I think I think the biggest advantage there for me, if I'm looking at this question, would be personnel. What Darian Kendrick knows about that roster at Clemson, and and he could probably tell you, look, you better stay away from that dude because he's a freak. And that that wide receiver right there, you better make sure you know where he is because he's the hardest to defend. Those type of things. So uh, it's not just the weaknesses. He tells you who's the real deal in Clemson. Who's that guy when the bullets are flying on Saturday afternoon? We better know where this guy is because he will hurt you and he's hard to cover. Uh, those types of things. Very good question, though. Very good question. And, and I'll say this too, Rusty. Clemson has inside knowledge or, or intimate knowledge of one guy, and yep. Darian Kendrick has of multiple guys. Yeah, you know, probably, so you know, it's, it's 60 a, or 70. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I, I, you know, I wrote about this yesterday. It's one of those things where Georgia would be, there's two ways Georgia can be absolutely foolish here. One to not try and get anything from it Two to absolutely lean on it. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's a, you can't really say, well, we got Darian Kendrick and we need to do whatever he says do as far as this, 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 and this, because things change, but it'd be stupid for them not to even try to get something out of it. And oh, listen, yeah. we're talking about a coach that, 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 I mean, listen, man, we, we don't even get to watch practice. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. don't, we don't get yeah. to do nothing. Yeah. All right. So it's uh this is a coach that's always looking for the tiniest of edges. You can bet mm-hmm. they've talked to Darian Kendrick about what he knows about these receivers no and question. DBs. No Absolutely. Question. Well, Rusty, you got any parting shots for us before we let him go? No, man. Uh, about game time. You know, as we're taping this, there's college football on tonight in, in the ground of country. There's college football on tomorrow night. There's college football on Friday night. And there's college football on Saturday. It's here. We made it. I got fired up this morning, man. I got a from uh, Marriott. They they sent me my your check in is available for your hotel, so it's real now. So I went. I checked yeah. in. Like I, I maybe <laughs> I probably set a record for the quickest check in uh, for a hotel after they you. sent out the app notification. I checked in immediately. So uh, my room ain't going to nobody else. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was a that was a great show. I enjoyed that one with Rusty, and hopefully. <laughs> Uh, we will uh, we'll be able to really give it to you as a full staff tomorrow. Uh, yep. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, oh, and by the way, tomorrow are our predictions, by the way. Thursday, predictions. We're going to predict the game, player of the game. We're going to have all that for you, so make sure you tune in. But uh, subscribe to George Bulldogs on Dogs 24-7 at, on YouTube and uh, see the show, listen to the show, wherever the podcasts are. Uh, refer to a friend, you know, subscribe, rate, and review, do all of that stuff, all of those podcast buzzwords. We want you to do them. So uh, take care, and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. This is Jake Rowe from Dogs 24-7, Rusty Mansell from the same place. You guys take it easy. told you imaginary friends are real this is just so exciting this friday get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined showtime ryan reynolds john krasinski kaylee fleming fiona shaw phoebe waller bridge louis gossett jr matt damon emily blunt george clooney maya rudolph bradley cooper sebastian maniscalco john stewart sam rockwell aquafina keegan michael key and steve carell i need to throw up or i need a snack it's one of the two gross if ready pg parental guidance suggested written and directed by john krasinski